elephant in the room like everybody's <laughs> probably wondering who's listening to this um about your mind and your relationship i mean yeah. you said that i was cute this like, is not a relationship podcast <laughs> And we're live. Hello, Taylor. Hi. Welcome to an episode of Clough Chronicles. Thanks. You're welcome. So uh, it's been a minute since we've recorded an episode of this podcast. Sorry about that. This episode is going to be... Well, I feel like I should maybe give an explanation of why we've been absent. First of all, this episode is going to be a little bit unique because Brayden's not here. And here's your explanation. The reason that we have been absent from this podcast for like two months is because I went to Africa, but then also this podcast just hasn't really, when you're running a business, it's important for you to prioritize the things that provide you with income so that you can stay above water. And this podcast isn't something that uh, gives me any money. Well, actually, we just reached $26 in this podcast pizza party which is yeah we're gonna have a pizza party so next time i see brayden i should buy him a pizza anyway if you would like this podcast to become more of a priority for me because you love it a priority for brayden and i there are ways to uh, support the podcast just go to the links in the show notes and there are ways to uh contribute financially so that it can be sustainable also we've been thinking about bringing on more creative people to the podcast to make it a little bit more exciting some more guests anyway to get to today's topic we've brought on taylor marie who is a creator this is actually her second appearance in the podcast if you remember her first appearance was the episode titled a dip into ammon's divorce So this is her second episode. It's not about divorce or relationships for that matter. It's about creativity. (laughs) Why are you laughing? You're just pretty cute. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I'm so cute. (laughs) Okay. So creativity, Taylor. Creativity. We have been working a lot together as two creators. What are some things that you've noticed in your life as a emerging creator, photographer specifically, that has been a struggle? Hmm. Let me just pull from my super long list. <laughs> well, before we get too much into that, is there anything that you need to say to begin this episode, like an introduction or like a reminder of who you are? Um. No, I feel like people have previously listened because it's one of your most listened to episodes, which is awesome. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. Um. I really enjoyed being a part of it. And I am by no means very skilled in podcasts. But um. yeah, I think... Uh, stepping into the world of being considered a creative, quote unquote, is a new thing for me because I've always been very afraid, like we kind of talked about in the last podcast, of making my passion for art and my creativity a job that I could potentially sustain myself with. And so I feel like very proud patting myself on the back for actually doing it, like really kind of looking at that concept and questioning that. Um, and 
being willing to be afraid and still move forward in something that I know is really fulfilling for myself. Yeah. And I don't think this is anything new for any creative peoples. Um, I wish I had started this like 10 years ago. Started photography or just... Well, just anything creative and just went with it and followed my heart more instead of keeping the status quo of the societal, cultural thing of being safe um, as far as choosing something that everybody approves of or whatever the stable job that's consistent that yeah or like i think it's easy like i'm really good at admin i'm really good at organization i'm really good at i'm very good with people and so i usually find these jobs that people kind of hand to me that are like hey we would really like you to work for us because of these natural things that you are good at Uh but that doesn't mean that that's something that i actually want to do or that really fuels me in my being or whatever you want to call it my soul my doesn't really feel like it's my life's purpose my reason for being here and the ways that light me up like I like to be consistent constantly learning new things and that means like doing something that maybe you're not that great at to begin with um and so anyway bringing this full circle this is new for me I've always been either in front of a camera or taking pictures as a child because my mom, I'm the oldest of four girls, so... Being taken pictures of, like, your mom was always taking pictures of you. So yes. what you're saying is you've always been in front of the lens. Yes, always, because my mom would just, you know, wanted to get all her babies together with yeah. matching outfits, even if you're 8, 10, and 12 years apart in age, mm-hmm. and <laughs> have pictures of us around the house, which I think is really cute and sweet now after it's, like, the time has passed. At the time, being a teenager, it was not my favorite thing, but... um I really appreciate that. And so, I don't know. I feel like I've been trained uh, for this. Groomed. <laughs> Groomed. Um, but well, what's I, it like to be... Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. What's it like now to be behind the lens? Oh, <laughs> so nice. Um, <laughs> in a sense, I didn't really realize the amount of pressure that I felt being someone who was needing to be, like, look the part, you know pose the part, um, be in really uncomfortable situations where... Behave the part. Behave the part. I mean, sometimes some of the shoots, I think a lot of people have a romanticized idea of what it means to do modeling and be in pictures and photography. And sometimes it's really cold. Sometimes there's some photo shoots I've done where I've been, my teeth have been chattering. I can't feel my feet. Yeah. And I'm exhausted. I've gotten sick after multiple shoots. Like there's a lot. So. So you're, it's hard to be a model. Yeah. Do you think it's easier to be a photographer? No, I just Be think... careful what you said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there's different challenges in different areas. The pros and cons are mutually as challenging, but just in different areas. So, you, But it's just preference. You prefer to be a photographer. Right it's now... It's a different type of pressure that you maybe would rather experience as opposed to the pressure of being a model. Yeah. And I really, you know, respect everybody that is on either end of just being creative and collaborating. And, um, I love that I'm utilizing, this goes really deep being a woman who has been hashtag deep, (laughs) hashtag deep, who has been, um, objectified, um, yeah, it's, it's very deep. If that's like a whole podcast in itself of, kind of stepping away from what I'm putting out and what's being given back to me from like... You've been objectified 
aside from photography yes aside from modeling and all that yes but then when you model I feel like it even kind of accentuates and expands upon that already in our culture well you kind of have to objectify a little bit when you're a photographer but I have a few thoughts on the things you've just said I'd love to hear because we've actually we've talked about this and I was really like huh this is really good for me to like consider and be open-minded to because I feel like in order to make good work, you do have to be really objective in your work. Yeah, I mean, it's visual. Yeah. You're, we're, we're, blind people aren't consuming our content. Like, it's a visual form of art. Mm-hmm. And so there is a form of object, objectification, visual objectification that does occur. Because we're taking pictures or we're taking video and it's with lenses. It's, it's visual. So as a model, I try to think, I mean, as a photographer, I try to think of that, of the model and how they might feel. And when you were saying that you feel like the pressure of being a model is greater or you prefer the pressure of, of being the photographer as mm-hmm. opposed to modeling, mm-hmm. I just wonder if you haven't ever worked with a photographer that you really meshed well with. Because, and this isn't to toot my own horn or anything, Okay, just disclaimer, and I'm not trying to like shit on all the photographers that have ever taken pictures of you, but as a photographer and, you know, one of our first uh, interactions was me taking pictures of you, did you feel the same type of pressure modeling with me? Um, I mean, there's a lot of things that were happening (laughs) at that moment. Um, One, just like getting to know a new person. We were up at my house. It was very spontaneous, which I appreciated, and it was in my home territory. And you came in and looked through my closet, and we talked about what I was going to wear. And then we just talked and got to know each other, which was really refreshing, which I have not had a whole lot of. And it kind of kept my mind off of all the anxiety or whatever um, that would come from that. And it just seemed really natural. I guess there was a friendship that was developing aside from our yeah. like photography. But w- what you just explained, the whole scenario that you just said, isn't really rare for me to do that with a client. I like to like help pick out their clothing. I like to have a conversation with them beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why when I book a photo shoot, I'm not like, okay, we have 15 minutes. I give them like two hours because I like to have to exchange pleasantries and to get to know each other. And that's why when we went to the portrait slam, which we should talk about in Mm. this episode, Mm -hmm. during the portrait slam, it was really hard for me to do like a speed dating type of a a flow because I want to spend time getting to know the person and Mm -hmm. to explain like my style of photography and directing, Mm -hmm. which one of my points that I always be sure to tell the model is like, hey, I'm the photographer here, but you're not just a model air quotes you're not just a model you have a lot of talent you have a lot of creativity you know your body your arms and your legs those are your props your outfit and you put this together so if you have an idea i want you to tell me and i can give you as much direction as you want i can give you even more than you probably would need but what if we just work together on this and then if i see something that i like i'll tell you or i'll stop you or i'll tell you to tweak it a little bit Let's work together and so that when you see a photo that you like from the results of this, you can feel a little bit of like, hey, I helped make that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sometimes I don't really feel like that's – I tell that to a lot of people 
And most models are like, I've never had a photographer do that before. Mm-hmm. I've had literally had photographers tell me, you're just a model. Don't talk to me. Mm. And I just think that what the whole thing that I just explained that I will say to models is kind of rare. Well, what you just explained is the disrespectful negative side that really that's the objectification is that comment specifically like you are just an object you don't have a brain we don't care what your ideas are and we don't need to know because this is about my creativity and like I don't like that I really like to collaborate with people whether it's other photographers or and models everything like I it's almost like the more that there is the more creativity that comes for me yeah so it's it's kind of uh, it's combating that objectification between model and photographer, and then yeah, it's it, it feels a lot more respectful. Yeah, I definitely. Um, I mean, I haven't done a whole lot of professional paid shoots yet, to be honest. And but to toot your horn, <laughs> you are a professional photographer. I am so hesitant to call myself that. Technically, you are though because you got paid. <laughs> to do a photo shoot and you've done like more than a handful of photo shoots yeah you come to a bunch of me you've shot a wedding you've shot a family photo shoot you've shot like half a dozen milk baths like (laughs) boudoir yeah i didn't do any boudoir for the first two years of my photography career yeah it wasn't until i met you that i started doing that (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what it is with boudoir and intimate shots i mean i've only worked with women i would love to work with men as well just i'm a man <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah sorry about that wow, that was extremely objective <laughs> but i mean i would love to like with you is so comfortable we know each other so well and so to have that challenging aspect of dealing with someone who i don't know and yep. that having to build that in the moment and gaining someone's trust for them to express themselves and feel safe in uh. that kind of setting feels like such an honor with someone who's like also paying you is something I haven't experienced. Yeah. Um, and I feel so honored that you did that for me in the milk bath. It's, I mean, I've never men in milk baths is not a hashtag that exists right now. <laughs> and so <laughs> but men need baths too. They need them. Men need to nourish too. <laughs> yeah. We can relax yeah. with some Epsom salt and magnesiums. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah. And you know, it's, it's done. It's been a little bit of my own pressure on myself of how I want to come out into the community to be to gain respect to really do a good job when I yeah. don't really know anything. Like I'm learning from you, but you know, having the eye, you can't really necessarily teach that. You can learn it through like YouTube videos and stuff, which I haven't even watched. You but, should. That's how I, I learned. Yeah, and I should watch, but at the same time, like. There's self-pressure, there's pressure to, like, I just want to start, like, have that be my lifestyle. And so it's having patience with myself in my own learning process. Right. Like when you have this vision of what you want as a, as a creator, but just simply as an entrepreneur, like you have a very entrepreneurial mindset and just personality and which you explained in the beginning of this episode. And so to be an employee at a job that you like, but you have this vision of something else that you want more that's like going to be satisfying and gratifying to you personally in your personal growth. It's hard to wait for that. Yeah. It's hard to have I the mean, patience. I mean, you've been there. 
I have been there. When I was a firefighter, I liked it, but it wasn't my dream. And do you want to know what I did? Let's hear it. When I was, I was doing research. I literally watched a video about how to know when to quit your full-time job Mm. as an entrepreneur. Let's talk about that. And the takeaway, it it was a video by this Finnish YouTuber named Maddie Hapoya. He's super great. He's friends with Peter McKinnon. He lives in Toronto. And he it was a video that he made. And the basic takeaway, just the summary, was when you are consistently replacing your full-time job income with your creative and with your entrepreneurship income, that's when you know you can like safely quit. And there might be like some like for three months or something, I don't really remember, but I just made my own rule with that. I said, okay, once this income as a photographer is consistently replacing or or at least matching mm-hmm. my firefighting income, I'm going to quit. And I made goals for myself. I actually wrote three months on a sticky note and I put it in my boot. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> I love that. And then I said, okay, in three months, I will quit this job. And it And it ended up not being quite three months. It took me, three months would have been August, but it took me until December. And did you have your own process around even just that? Yeah, it was really, really hard. And I was married at the time. So I was, uh, it was a, like a negotiation with my ex-wife to try and figure out when we could do that because I was going to be leaning on her a little bit for income. And, and so that was a little bit of a challenge to kind of balance that. But yeah, I, I wanted it in August, but it didn't happen until December. And now it's almost a year later mm. and I've been wow that I never I hadn't even thought about that until right now in a couple of days it will be one year since I've been doing this full-time wow I feel like we should celebrate I should. that's a really big deal yeah that's amazing I think it was December 20th was my last shift at the fire service good job so almost one year and I'll be a one-year full-time entrepreneur that's so exciting and granted I have had to lean on people and that's a bit of a pride struggle you know you want to be able to do it on your own but sometimes you have to lean on others and it's okay that's all right to like have a partner or have a teammate or have some just an army of supporters family whoever it is around you that can help um you just make it work but was there any comments you had for that i was gonna kind of um, shift I just like wanted to let everybody know that we've been listening to this book called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, and it's been really amazing, very inspiring. I mean, every time I listen to it, I'm like, oh, my God, thank you for bringing that new idea, that new concept for me to challenge that will expand my ability to take on more, to face my fears, to have practical skills to like pursue my creative work, Um, because she talks about even just the spirit of your creativity and the kind of relationship you have with that. And it's just within the first chapter alone, I've, we've been doing the audiobook and it's been really inspiring and I just encourage people to listen to it. It's been really, really helpful. And she talks a lot about when she was writing her books, you know, when she was working her other job, when she left that the right time and also not putting pressure on your work to make all the money. If you mm-hmm. don't have to, there's like the flip side to that, which is like, it doesn't have to be, 
your full support. It could be your side hustle. It could be your like, you know, side money to go travel and do other things to do more photography. I mean, you can do anything with it. And I think we all have certain goals of being like, hey, I want this to be fully supporting me by this time. And I think goals are really good because sometimes it takes us a little longer to get there. But sometimes I think the goal is what kind of propels us and keeps us going when we have like really hard days where we're not so stoked on what our work was. We like you know, maybe there's days like when we went to the portrait slam. Can I talk about that? Of course. So I was feeling I was PMSing. Well, just to give some context, the portrait <laughs> slam is a, is it okay if I give the context? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so the portrait slam is a local thing. I don't know if it exists in other places. I'm sure it does. I mean, there's a community of photographers in every city, but here in Southern Oregon, there's a photographer community called portrait slam, I, I guess. It's, it's a, Instagram account. So hashtag to portrait slam. It's this dude, Travis, he runs it and he organizes different photo shoots. They call them slams. Uh, Maybe once a month, twice a month, sometimes every other month. It just kind of depends, but he'll organize it at a location. This last one was my first one. It was at a junkyard in Central Point. And the theme was outsiders. So it was uh, like the greasers versus the socials. And so everybody dresses up and then you go you pay whether you're a model or a photographer and then you all go and then that's how I said earlier it's like speed dating you just pick a as a photographer you just pick a model or as a model you just pick a photographer either or and then you go and you just get creative and take photos together for a couple of minutes and then you rotate go to somebody else find somebody else and you just try to find as many models as you can and just get as much collaboration and photos as you can. So it's just a big like collaboration opportunity to grow your network, to gain some skills. So this last one was Taylor's first time going as a photographer and my first time going period. Um, anyway, so there's your, there's your context. Go ahead. Thank you for that. <laughs> Great introduction. Um, yeah, I've been once many months ago um, at the Hanley Farm for a slam and I had no idea what I was really in for but they had someone sponsoring the wardrobe you know we're at this beautiful location there was a few other businesses that were there like sweet cream and um yeah just like a bunch of people who were like okay let's do this and um it was very there was a lot of energy that was something that was hard for me um one just being an empath and being around people and feeling all the hype, the stress, everyone else's emotions. Some people didn't have the best of attitudes. Some people, you know, were nervous as well. And there was really young girls there too. Um, And so it was a very, you know, there was a lot going on, but it was very, very unique and really, really fun being the model. Um, You know, people would be like waiting in line to shoot you. Um, Really? Yeah, it was really, really interesting. And um, Did you have that, a line of people waiting? To- there was, at one point, there was just a few that were, like, kind of lingering, just because I think um, I was working with Travis specifically, and he found this really awesome spot, and oh. um, it was, like, the lighting was really good, and, yeah. you know, people were walking by, and they were like, oh, that's a great spot, because I think it's really, now that I know the flow of this, I would, like, maybe prep before and, like, go to the location, check it out. I didn't even know... <laughs> Because I'm a terrible listener with ADHD. I didn't even... Well, I didn't get the email that was saying where it was, but you did tell me it was in Medford at yeah. or in Central Point at a junkyard, but I just forgot. Yeah. So we showed up and I... <laughs> I think we both just didn't really have any idea what we were in for, which I was is actually... Not prepared. We were late even. We were late, which I felt a lot of 
like I felt slightly stressed out about but you know we had had a very deep conversation on the way there and I was PMSing there was like so much you know I I think I'm not sure if we needed to eat like there was just so many things that we could have done to be more prepared but life happens and you kind of go with it and it ended up being so much fun but I know for me it was like okay you were the model and now you're the photographer I felt like I really had to be above and beyond like prepared and ready because I had been a model before like I don't know how to describe it but it's like okay you're the photographer now okay and no one cared no one questioned me no one really probably even knew because I'd only been to one before but besides Travis and who's so supportive shout out to Travis um <laughs> I already shouted out portrait slam oh well I'm just highway the highway is green <laughs> Instagram <you> handle <laughs> um and it was really fun, but I remember using one of your cameras and using a new lens that you were like, hey, try this. And I was struggling yeah. with the autofocus on my camera. Well, for you tech heads out there, it, <sighs> she was using the Sony a6300, which is a crop sensor um, with the 85 millimeter full frame prime lens. Anyway, it was... It was <laughs> That lens is amazing. It's so delicious. <laughs> so good. But um, what, were you, what were you struggling with? I don't know. I mean, it's your camera that I wasn't familiar with. The, all the like, buttons. All the buttons, everything like was just, it was a journey. And then feeling like the model's like waiting for me. And she was so patient. Um, Lexi was so great and so gorgeous and sweet. And she actually was a model but came with her camera too. And so she was kind of doing both, which I like. That was awesome. I love that. And, um, you know, I didn't get a whole lot of her, but I did get some good shots. But it was definitely like the first model or two. I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. Are you talking about Lexi? Yeah. Yeah, I worked with her. Yeah. But, you know, it eventually worked out. We switched cameras and lenses and (laughs) then I was fine. And I started to feel really excited and feeling the creative juice flowing. Like when I feel stressed out, it's just hard for me to access that. When you switch over to the 18 to 105 zoom lens, you mm-hmm. had a little bit easier of a time. I like that more. It's just... Um, it's a little bit more versatile. Yeah. And I think being new, kind of knowing like what you're working with, what kind of shots you want, having the vision, like connecting what you're using with what you want and yeah. then how to get that. And like the lighting, it was kind of earlier in the day because the slam was yeah. from like 2 to 5 or something, 2.30 or 2 something to 5. Like, yeah, yeah. And so the, the sun lighting, was still pretty high. It was pretty high and, you know, just very, it was, it was such a really a, good opportunity. It's such a high pressure situation to like jump in with a new camera and a new lens. Be like, all right, let's, cool. Let's learn I will this. not be doing that like again. Like <laughs> most of your photos were, I mean, not to like, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus or anything. Oh, like it's most fine. of your photos were like out of focus. Yeah. And you're coming over to me like, what, why isn't it focusing? What's going on? <laughs> so that's just, you know, it's really important to go out with your new gear and learn it in a low pressure, yeah. low stress situation, like yeah. in nature, shooting cows yeah. or shooting a, just flowers where yeah. like really what we to... did the other day, it snowed and we were just like hanging out here at my place and you had just gotten this awesome new lens and you're like, let's just go outside for like 10 minutes and you got some really epic shots. I did. <laughs> yes. Even I do it. I've been a photographer, a professional photographer now for almost a year. And I mean, I was professional before that, but <laughs> I get a new lens and 80% it's because I'm just excited. But yeah, 20% is just I need to get familiar with what the lens can do. Yeah. And 
that lens is so freaking <sighs> awesome. It's this probably my favorite for you tech heads out there. It's a it's the Sigma sixteen millimeter f one point four for the my Sony A sixty four hundred, and it's so sexy. It's very crisp. It's very wide, and it's just such a unique perspective to have such a wide angle lens with such a wide open aperture yeah it's cool and why did you get it i got it because i'm into interior photography i've been shooting a lot for um a couple of inns here in ashland like ashland creek inn um, mccall house in and then also clayson company which is a home remodeling company so i'm doing interior photography and it's really nice to have something that is wide inside of a home but then also really importantly is to have something that's a really wide aperture yeah because sometimes homes can be a little bit just darker because you're inside so to have a really wide open aperture is extremely helpful because i was noticing because i was shooting on the 18 f4 18 105 f4 lens and it's wide enough but that f4 was making my photo i would have to crank up the iso to like a thousand or two thousand in some cases even it was middle of the day with all the lights on in the house and it was just they were just noisy i hate that mm-hmm. i can't if i'm charging a professional price i have to deliver professional quality so i invested in that lens and it's it's so great it's really really nice so creamy it's so interesting how you can have the skills and yet sometimes if you don't have the gear then it just doesn't work and you need to upgrade your gear in order to reach that next level and i feel there's like definitely a point yeah, there's definitely a point. Like you were like, I am getting this lens. I have to. It's time. You just knew. And then you did it. Boom. You're so stoked. And it's already, I feel like, opening up avenues where you feel more confident to get exactly what they yeah. want. I mean, there's some times where I'm like, I would really love to upgrade to full frame. Mm. You know, that would be so nice. Mm-hmm. But is it really going to like get me paid more? Is it really going to increase the quality? I would definitely notice the improvement in quality, but is the reward worth the, like, is the price worth the payoff? Well, I think too, it's just at the right time. If you had, you know, an excess of funds right now, I think it would be an easy choice and you would do it. But in a time where you're having to but be I'm broke, and <laughs> you are not, <laughs> you're doing great. Um, but I think in a time where you're having to be mindful, these are really important things that I feel like we watch YouTube videos of other people going through their own process to be like, yeah. when is the right time? When is the right time to, you know, have it be my full time gig or whatnot you know for me starting out i'm like you know what i have a camera that's great <laughs> right. you know and um, good enough it's yeah that's just, good enough for now just learn the buttons yes <laughs> um but as far as like your own personal my question for you and what i think our main topic is like to talk about the self-doubt that's and what i was just gonna shift to yeah the self-doubt of like your creative process in your p- own personal inner voice your self-talk what you have to go through the inner critic the inner critic which is the harshest of them all like it's different when i have i could have someone be like i don't like it and i'll be like but i really do so it doesn't really i mean like as a creator i'm not a perfectionist and so i have never my inner critic as a creator has never really been something that i've had to battle surprisingly Mm, that's great (laughs) i mean i don't want to say ever but for the most part when i show people my work i'm pretty stoked on it 
and they criticize me or they critique me mm-hmm. so i that's why i seek approval or seek opinions i guess from other people a lot because i just think i'm awesome <laughs> i'm like dude this <laughs> this is sick work like my work is so good like i'm always pumped on my work mm, and that. there are times where i'm i feel like i've maybe plateaued a little bit or i feel like my work isn't improving but i still think that i i am a good creator and that my work is great but i I really like to hear it from other people if I'm doing something that maybe they don't like. That's why with my interior photography, remember the other day when I posted that shot mm-hmm. of the inside of the house, but I had yeah. all those leaves in front of the... Yeah, for framing. Like, yeah, for framing and foreground depth. Mm-hmm. I love that. But I also love the other shot where it's just, you know, just a shot of a room, like a really, really pretty room. And yeah. there's no like, I guess, air quotes, creativity in it. It's just... A simple shot of a really nice room yeah but then this other shot there is air quotes creativity because there's like a little bit of framing with these plants Mm -hmm. but it covers up some of the room anyway so i posted that thing on facebook saying like what do you guys think it when you think of real estate photography do you want creativity and like a little bit of foreground depth etc or would you rather just have a wide angle shot of a room so you get the idea of what the room looks like yeah and everybody the general consensus was that they didn't want the creativity they just wanted a wide angle shot of a room yeah so my point sorry i'm getting a little bit off off track but my point is that uh my inner critic can affect me sometimes but because i'm not a perfectionist it's not my biggest struggle it's definitely mine i have noticed (laughs) with you that you're you get like so because I think you're doing amazing. Your work is incredible already. Way better than mine was when I first started. Well, I mean, I had some help. Of just, sure. I don't know. I feel like sped up the process of my learning. Not exactly like to anything that I couldn't have learned through YouTube. But I don't know. It's like that thing through osmosis, this transmission, when you're just like around someone yeah. else who's doing it. You can kind of drop into like a sense of confidence or like, okay. You know, because I do have someone reflecting to me constantly, you're doing great. Oh my gosh. You know, and it feels really good. Um, Because for me, (laughs) your inner critics like you, like the other day you were editing those photos from the portrait slam, which weren't that bad, by the way. And then you're just like, I quit. (laughs) (laughs) I just, that's it. I'm done. Well, so something I'm learning about myself, I'm getting to know my creative self. I'm getting to know my creative spirit. I'm getting to know the things that I need in order to either bring that out, what I need to push through hard times, what I need to deal with that voice. And a part of that is like, I need to do the, the photo shoot, upload them onto my computer, maybe browse at them, maybe pick out a couple and then like walk away for like a day or two. And then come back to it, play with some filters. Maybe I'm stoked on some if I can't get like the thing just right or I'm editing, you know, whatever. Yeah. Then it's like walk away even for a couple more days. And I don't know what happens with that, but it gives me more space to like drop in to like actually see it for what it is. Because when you're so deep in it, it's so easy to be so hard on yourself because I just have really high expectations of myself, which I need to be really careful about. So here's my question for you. Your creativity isn't something that you can really like. I, I guess like put a time frame on, I mm-hmm. suppose. Mm-hmm. So, but sometimes there are deadlines Yeah. with, you know, deliveries and, and giving pictures to people. 
So mixing creativity with business. Boy. What's that been like? Because uh, I think of places like New York. Um, they say, okay, we need this creative thing. We need it done now. And, and need, like, okay, go be creative and go think of something awesome and make it the best and give it to yeah. me by you know, next week. How do you think you would, or how do you think you're going to handle that kind of pressure with, when your creativity has a deadline? Well, as of right now, just even talking about it gives me a lot of anxiety, <laughs> but it's different. What I also learned is that when I have my own vision and I'm stoked on something specific that I'm like, Hey, coordinating a shoot, offering this niche of stuff that I'm feeling really passionate about. And I love editing and I'm feeling really inspired. That's really easy for me. Mm-hmm. It feels a lot easier for me to deliver quickly um, and to also be like, and I know, I just have this knowing within myself that I will deliver something that they love. Even if it's complicated or new, it just feels good. But when it's someone else's vision completely that I'm stepping into, which was the slam. Yeah. I didn't know who I was working with necessarily. I'm not like the outsiders love it but like that isn't like my go-to vision you know and so i was like stepping into something else which was a really great opportunity because it turned out amazing and so i got to reverse that story and be like a little bit more open-minded like i can go i can maybe do this yeah Yeah, it doesn't have to just be a 100 percent my idea yeah and i think that's real artistry is walking into something where you can just like make it work you can maybe just blow it up like do so well being able to adapt and and adapt yeah and mold and be flexible with that and Um, I, as far as how I think I would do in New York, I definitely would have a hard time at this moment, but I feel like I can get to that point. And the more confident I am in my skills using whatever gear, whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, the hardest part for me is actually asking for what I'm worth. And because I'm new, there's like that. It's like, when do you, when do you ask for the hard, when do you ask, when do you, charge more like when when is that when you don't have a huge portfolio when do you do that and so lately I've been just putting ads and opportunities out for people for discounted photo shoots for the holidays for whatever and you know saying hey let's trade or hey just give me a donation of whatever feels great which I think is appropriate for where I'm at right now and it feels so good to get paid Because it still takes so much time. And I think that a lot of people who don't know photography don't understand that there is so much work that goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. If it's in my space, then I'm cleaning up things before and after I'm preparing the space. I, you know, make sure it's always clean. Yeah. And then there's the communicating before so many times of what are you wearing? What's the timing? You know, this is what's going on. What do we need? Props, blah, 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 blah. And then editing, which sometimes takes hours. That's why you charge a premium for your cre- <laughs> for the creative fee, you know? Yeah. One thing that I've been struggling with lately, running into, is working with a multitude of different types of clients, some of which are creative people, some of which aren't, but they have a vision for their business. Like an entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur myself, I, I have a very specific vision for my business. So for... Um, some clients, they own a business, right? Mm-hmm. And they hire me as a creative person to achieve their vision mm-hmm. as a, an entrepreneur, you know, their creative vision. Because mm-hmm. every entrepreneur has creativity. Mm-hmm. And so m- the thing that I'm running into is wanting to be seen as a creator 
but also at the same time giving that person that my client what they want mm -hmm. as a, a creator mm -hmm. or as an entrepreneur mm -hmm. it's hard because I have to think okay well they hired me they, they're picking me because that means that they like my style they like my creativity but they also have a very specific thing like this this one job I did for Ashland Creek Inn he wanted a video for his website but his vision and his demographic his clientele his his customers are very old <laughs> they're old people and that's great but my style is geared for like you know like it's fast paced it's very your edits are quick fast. cuts yeah and and it's like high energy fast music exciting and he's like okay i i like your style i want to hire you but i want you to slow it down I want you to not put any music in it and no fast transitions. I don't want you to have any kind of like foreground blur. I just want to show. I was like, okay. So just don't do anything that you normally do. <laughs> right. But like, that's the thing is I want to be seen as a creator, but none of my creativity really is being applied to this. Well, maybe that's the thought that needs to be. Exactly. That's yes. what I'm challenging. Okay, like, okay, there we go. What can I, how can I, adapt like what you're saying like mm -hmm. i need to be able to adapt my creativity i need yeah. to be able to be versatile and mold myself to this type of a demographic i don't want to just box myself into i'm an instagram video videographer for young people Ugh. you know like i can i can expand and grow and this is my an opportunity for me to dip into a new type of videography and it was awesome i i loved it your he shots loved were it. great other ends loved it yeah. And he wants to hire you now for more photos, which is great. And maybe it's just a different mindset on what did you create? What what else can you use to describe the work that you did for them? Like, I think it was very classy. I think it was very refined. I think it was very simple, which sometimes... It was informative. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, as someone who, say you're buying a house from that one company that you worked for, you want to see all that you're buying as someone who's renting a room, you want to see all that you're renting. What are the amenities? I yeah. want to feel the space. So from the perspective of a buyer, yeah. you'd want that. Yeah. But then, uh, <clears throat> sorry to... It's fine. I'm not I'm trying to interrupt. I'm trying fine. to add to what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a realtor commented on my post and said, you can get creative, but save it for like a picture book for the, for the seller. Mm. Somebody who sold the home take pictures like that and then put it into a book or something oh, for the person who's idea. selling them because yeah. they have all this nostalgia at closing day. They're like, Oh my gosh, my house that I've been in for 10,000 years is selling and I'm never uh, going to live in it again. And yeah. so then I, as a photographer, give them this book that's full of like creativity and, and energy of their that's home. So sweet. And it's not and that type of real estate photography is going to be different than the type of real estate photography for a buyer. Well, my main question is like, are you truly not being creative? When you're doing something that may not be your style. Because I feel like that's more of the concept of style. Because I think, well, what what do I do when I make dinner? I'm being creative. Maybe it's not in the same style as like photography, but like I can be creative. It's just like yeah. how you frame it in your mind that keeps you like, that keeps you in the same vein of like, I am being creative. Just because it's someone else's vision doesn't mean you're not being creative. You're just doing something else. That's the vision part that's hard for me. Yeah. And I think what you did was awesome. You're like close-up texture Thanks. shots that were like of things that 
it just shows like the the small things that make everything else so great it's like the glue that sticks it all together you know yeah yeah I didn't mean to interrupt you. Was there something that you were going to say about I don't it? even remember what thread I was oh, on. It's sorry. totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I like to just attach myself to your threads and, and redirect them. No, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why we just like go for it. I mean, we have an outline in front of us, but we've, I have We've touched on all of them. Oh, we have. Okay. Yeah, we have. I've I been, haven't even really looked at I've it. I've been looking at it. Okay. Um, well, in the vein of um, if we want to... How long have we been? Um, uh, 45 minutes. Maybe we want to just wrap it up with um, maybe like talking about who else, you know, you've been talking about having on here, like what uh, some new things that you're doing with your work, some goals and visions you have, we have. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, okay, so (laughs) elephant in the room, like everybody's probably wondering who's listening to this. Um, about your mind and your relationship. I mean, yeah. you said that I was cute. This like, is not a relationship podcast. <laughs> Want to just close it off with a little bit of context into, I guess, our personal life? Yeah, why not? <laughs> are you comfortable? Yeah. Is it okay if I talk about you? <laughs> what are you going to say? Just the right time to ask that question. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Taylor and I have, we started dating. I mean, it's our road together has been kind of, yeah, unique unique and and bumpy i suppose but <laughs> yeah i guess we do have visions together and dreams of working together and uh our personal lives have crossed and i'm really looking forward to our professional relationship <laughs> <laughs> just some background into that that was an inside joke from something he actually said to me when I first met him um getting walking in with a suit getting my skydive t-shirt for raw this business in Ashland that he worked for works for um mm-hmm. yeah good times yeah we'll, we'll we'll definitely do a podcast episode where you know we talk all about you know the, our relationship I guess but yeah that, that first you after that meeting at raw i left and then you texted me like we were just we just met for the first time and then you texted me and you said hey i really like your energy i look forward to working with you and like or like creating so not consciously laced that was legitimately authentic yeah and then i responded with thanks i look forward to our professional relationship (laughs) boundary bam (laughs) hard line yeah Anyway, so yeah, I I continually look forward to our professional relationship. <laughs> so pro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we do have um a personal relationship that has that is ongoing. So personal? Yeah. Yep. Romantic. <laughs> Hashtag. Have you been in uh have you do you feel like you've said everything that you need to Um I think that we also have decided to do more work together in the future as far as like putting ads yeah. out together where we work as a video photography team as you've discovered like you want to focus on your videography which is what really inspires you and then we could be kind of like a team which I feel like is so fun and I love that because yeah I just love creating with you so <laughs> <laughs> thanks I like creating with you too. And to answer your question, goals and dreams that we have, I guess my, one of my personal goals and dreams was 
is to work for Airbnb where I can, they, they would hire, I mean, I don't know how idealistic this is, but it would be amazing to have them hire me to promote tourism in like Madagascar. That's always the place. That's always the country that I use because I don't know of anybody who's traveling to Madagascar. It's like, hey, we want to promote travel and tourism to Madagascar to open up that part of the world so that, you know, people will go and spend money on our Airbnbs there. And we need somebody like Ammon who can go there and film the culture, film the homes, the people, the touristic attractions that are there to show Madagascar in a good light that will get people to be like, oh my gosh, Madagascar, didn't even think about that. Let's go there, honey. And then we travel to Madagascar. And so they would hire me essentially as a tourism promoter, I mm-hmm. suppose. So yeah, like what you just said, it would be amazing to have you come along on those journeys with me. Like we we travel as a package deal where I'm focused on the videography and you do the photography or we just do it both together because I do really thoroughly enjoy photography as well. And I think that it's happening. Like we just got hired for our first co-wedding where we're both getting paid. Um, I'm the videographer and you're the photographer. So exciting. So in six months, I need you to be fully wedding, ready wedding photo ready <laughs> <Yeah. No laughs> you pressure. need to know how to work those buttons <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i feel like their pro to combining forces is expanding our networks um, more jobs that includes both of us i mean there's a legitimate practicality to this besides just like really enjoying being a team working together feeling really comfortable and um, having mutual goals and yeah. visions and dreams because I would love to travel, get paid to travel to do yeah. something that fills me up. Like, absolutely. And, um, you know, being contracted out to do that for whoever, you know, Airbnb is great. And I'm like, whoever, just right. let's go. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, you know, in my personal journey, what I'm, portraits are definitely not like my favorite thing to shoot. I'm, dropping into that more and more so young (laughs) because i really do appreciate like you say the personality and the connection is really really a part of the artistic process and you know we need connection as humans and that's kind of what fuels us you know relationships i feel like that's kind of how we learn a lot of things is through relationship whether it's with the spirit of something um an actual person or whatever um you know but i like you said scenic pictures of nature doesn't always pay the bills and people do and um yeah yeah we'll get there you will get there i have full faith in you and you're doing an amazing job thanks um and there's a lot of value that you bring to me also i mean there are times where i'm like it feels like we're competing sometimes like when we're posting these things on the internet of like hey black friday sale photo shoot (laughs) it's like okay i'm I'm directly competing with you, <laughs> you know, cause people are talking to you, hiring you yeah. and they don't even know me. Yeah. And so you're getting clients that could have been mine, I guess. I but guess. at the same time, like we're, we're tapping into each other's yeah. network because I'm new here yeah. to Ashland, to Southern Oregon. I don't have, I don't know anybody here. Granted, I do have, I have been getting work pretty easily. And then knowing you helps me to tap into a whole new network and demographic yeah, and I of think, people you know bringing each other along mentioning each other's names um 
has been really helpful even if you're not the one doing the photos like you come along like I did I've done for yours and I just do the lighting with the shade yeah and then like kick you some money yeah I mean whatever I don't even care about that but um you know it's just a really fun way to support one another because you know I'm not here to compete with you it's teaming up together and you know people are like who the heck is she (laughs) you know or like who is he and so it's kind of like vouching for one another and building each other up because yeah yeah we'll get there but yeah I don't want to fight I'm not a fighter are we fighting right now (laughs) we're fighting (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's not just about like we'll get there someday it's Mm -hmm. i'm also extremely stoked on where we are right now like just going out and make and taking those pictures yesterday before our thanksgiving dinner and making that little thanksgiving day vlog so fun yeah and just like podcasting today like we're doing it Mm -hmm. and we are getting paid together Mm -hmm. it's pretty amazing pretty awesome it's just gonna go up from here yeah Oh, yeah, I guess it could could go down. But. <laughs> Shh. Nuh-uh. Not putting that out there. <laughs> I'm just, I'm also working on my personal life, like not having destination complex. Mm. I use that word lightly, but um, not to like redirect this episode too much, but. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> I just want to be, be stoked on where I am now and focusing on what I can do and what I am doing and not what I want to do or could do later. Mm. I think it's. Yeah, just something that I'm trying to work on. A topic for another day. <laughs> you got this. All right, cool. Well, well thanks. thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Hope someone can gain some um, relief from being uh, relating to the struggles that we're going through and feeling inspired and encouraged to go after that thing that you love that maybe you have doubts about. Can it support me? Is this okay? Or you know, this feels like something you do when you're in your teens. It's like, no, go after it. Like, at least explore it. Challenge the thought in your mind. And there's a safe way to do all of that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, do what fills you th- with the most joy. Can't think of a better way to end it than that. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you want to support this podcast, the easiest way is to subscribe or tell a friend or leave a rating on iTunes or just send us money. The link for that is in the show notes. Follow Ammon on Instagram at Ammon Clough. And Braden at Braden.pnw. PNW.